Hey guys, it's Crystal and Alita. And on this episode of Girl, we need to talk about fiction. We are actually not going to talk about fiction. We are going to talk about something stranger than fiction. <laughs> the truth. The truth. Everybody has been watching this series. I think you know what's coming. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about Tiger King. Yes. The Netflix series that has swept the nation. The craziest thing you can see on TV right now. Pretty much. Yes. So I found an article after watching the series on Netflix. I found this article it's from New York Magazine, and it was written by Robert Moore. And this article came out, it said September 2nd to the 15th. It was a 2019 issue of New York Magazine, so you can find this online. I found this article through my news app on Apple. The series is pretty much a train wreck <laughs> from beginning to end, so I feel like covering this is going to be a little scattered. It will be. And listen, guys, if there is ever a train wreck on TV, please let me know <laughs> because I am always game to watch it. Mm. I watched a full season of Honey Boo Boo, mm. Toddlers and Tiaras, mm. some of the best train wrecks ever, <laughs> but Tiger King takes the cake. It really does. There are so many strange characters and just things that you would not I don't know I, <laughs> I really don't know how I, to describe it listen I really feel like the only way I can describe these characters is carnival folk from Florida and they're not even characters I mean we call them characters but they're real life people they're real life people but like I swear to goodness it just reminds me of like carnival folk from Florida they are almost like seeing the people on the lottery change my life. That, oh, that's yeah. all I can really liken them to. It's just a whole lot. And you wonder, do you have to be crazy to work with exotic animals? Because that seems like a theme. Or on drugs. <laughs> or on drugs. Do you have crazy and or on drugs? Okay, so let's go ahead and get started on Joe Exotic. So we'll do this podcast with the intention that you have already watched the series or have some kind of knowledge regarding the series because it would be way too much to cover every single thing that happened from episode to episode. There's just too much. And we will we are going to look at the things that have maybe not come to public knowledge or maybe are kind of obscure or hidden that maybe weren't covered in the documentary very clearly. And of course, major questions yes. that have plagued many viewers very <laughs> after true. watching the series. So Joe Exotic. Really quick. Okay. I want to describe him, and I cannot remember where I saw this. It may have actually been on the show. Gun-toting gay man that owns a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he is described. Yeah. It's, it's hard to distinguish what is actually true and what is made up. I don't know if he lives in his own reality and these are the things that he really believes have happened to him or if he makes up crazy stories because he feels that's going to get him attention or who knows. So on a serious note though, the article mentions that Joe said he was a victim of sexual abuse at a very young age. 
he had like a loveless childhood. He didn't have much love from his parents or his family. So he became devoted to all sorts of animals. He joined his 4-H club and he took home all sorts of different animals. He mentions being bullied in high school and he has this elaborate story of how he scattered nails in the school parking lot and got into a lot of trouble. But the school administration and the people who knew him at that time don't remember this event at all. Mm. He also mentions in the Netflix documentary that he crashed his police cruiser into a bridge embankment in an attempt to take his own life. He had actually become the police chief of a super small town in Texas at one point and then apparently did this this thing where he he crashed his car into a bridge but the residents of the town and Joe's family have no recollection of the crash which again is very odd to me yeah i mean he's apparently sustained like all these injuries he said he broke his back and that's what hospital. messed up his leg too right i, I thought think he in the article it mentions that he got bit oh, um, okay. by a tiger named chainsaw but when people would ask him he said he had a chainsaw accident because the tiger's name was um, chainsaw yeah not sure he did show a picture of the car crash on the documentary yeah. and that i don't even recall noticing what type of car it was me either and it is a snapshot i don't even think he's in the picture it's just a snapshot it's a of the wreck of the wreck yeah so who knows he said he went to a rehab facility in florida it was a saltwater rehab but from a boyfriend from that time period the boyfriend said it was snorkeling that was the rehab they were doing was <laughs> snorkeling but at this point this this is where his love for exotic animals and his involvement with exotic animals began. To fast forward when he first opens the zoo, if you caught it in the documentary, he talks about conservation. He really seems to be against the exploitation of exotic animals in the beginning. And I mean, this comes later on in the docuseries. Mm -hmm. I believe they show a clip of him from like the mid nineties. And he is, he's talking about closing zoos and, and all sorts of different, you know, reasons or, or problems going on right yeah. now. But we kind of see that the more money that it's required to, to keep the zoo running and to keep him going, the more distant we see him grow from this person who maybe at one point had good intentions. Very true. Especially, I think you really see the decline when Carol has the lawsuit against him and he is short on money. Mm -hmm. Because I think that is when the scene of the tiger giving birth is. And you really see that he, his mind is on the money. Oh, yeah. And it's not just sad. It's not the on tiger. the animal or anything like that. It, it's on the money that he can get from these cubs. Yes. He resorts to cub petting. I had never heard of that term before this no. series. Didn't know that that was a thing. But yeah, it's a big thing. And it's so sad. It's yeah. just terrible. And so you mentioned Carol. Yeah. So let's talk about Carol. Carol, from what was shown in the documentary and from what I read in the article... It seemed like at first she was all about keeping exotic cats. Mm -hmm. She had the bobcats. I think she rescued a bunch of bobcats, but then there's footage of her dressing them up 
in baby clothes and talking about how to to take them when they're young and wean them and make sure that they become more docile, I guess, yeah. as pets. Really, kind of the upkeep of them when they're when they are uh, babies, right? And yeah. then it seems like as she as time passes, she grows into this kind of animal rights big cat rights person. And I will say here. In regards to dissension among her and her husband, Mm -hmm. I think that is where a lot of problems lie. Because she makes mention to it in the documentary that her husband was more about selling the animals. Yes. And she was opposed to that. And she she even says that when he would go to Costa Rica, she would have the vet out and try to um, spay and neuter as many as as she could because she didn't want that to happen. Right. And backing up a little bit on how she met Don Lewis, her her second husband, from the article that I read, you get the feeling that she's this bored teenager just looking for excitement. She ends up marrying her boss at 17. She has a daughter. She's almost instantly trapped in this abusive situation with this guy. I had actually heard that he was so controlling that anytime she would go to leave the house, he would check her, what is it, odometer? Yeah, and see how many miles. Yeah. I read that too. That was her first husband. Her first husband. The first interaction between her and Don Lewis is so strange, so fishy. He picks her up (laughs) off a highway. Tells her she can hold the gun to him. Yeah, they go to a motel where they just sleep. (laughs) He even gives her a different name, and he hides his identity from her. In the beginning. Really? Yes. It comes out. She's calling his office for this Bob Martin. And one day she calls and it's a new person in the office. And they don't know who she's talking about. And she describes him. And the person says, oh, you're talking about Don Lewis. Oh, wow. So things progress. They end up getting married. They have this tumultuous relationship. And then he disappears. Leading up to that, like you were saying, they kind of started off on the same page, it seems like, and then he was more interested in the business and the selling, and she was starting to branch off into this rescue, rescue. animal rights type thing. That leads us to the big question, the memes, the, (laughs) the source of so many memes. Did Carol Baskin kill Don Lewis, her second husband? My opinion is yes. <laughs> okay. That's my opinion. And I shouldn't laugh. It's not It's not really funny, but it is like such a strange twist of events that... And I don't know if you had heard this too. You know, I've been listening to all kinds of stuff, but I had heard he wasn't quite in his right mind. She, they, that and they talked about that. She claims. Right. And then there were other people who said, oh, he was fine. Yeah. So I don't really know who to believe here. You don't. But I really think of all the people who would benefit from his death, it would definitely be Carol. Right. So that is where, that's what my money's on. So I have some, I'm not 100%, but I I go back and forth. Okay. And I do have someone that I know who, who claims, no, there's no way. There's not enough evidence to show that she, yeah, and you're giving me this crazy look. <laughs> Not enough evidence. So the most incriminating thing I can think of is when they're interviewing her and she says, that's crazy. And look, like rolls her eyes and you think, uh, guilty. The sardine oil comment. Yes. 
like talking oh about the difference word. with the perfume, how tigers drool over that versus something they really want to eat, like sardine oil. Oh, okay. How do you know that, Carol? <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that was pretty, I don't know, my mouth about hit the floor when she said that. Yeah. And I'm like, heifer killed her husband. Heifer killed her husband. <laughs> The vendetta between Joe and Carol. Right. Holy moly, y'all. I wouldn't want either of those as my enemy. No. My God. And, like, how in the devil did Joe get Carol's diary? Like, okay. that seems super random. <laughs> so, I, that's mentioned in the article. Again, if you missed it at the beginning, this is an article from New York Magazine. It's written by Robert Moore. And it actually came out September of last year. Mm -hmm. So, Joe had went to visit the Big Cat Rescue in September of 2010. And apparently, a former employee of the rescue hacked Carol's computer, got a bunch of documents, and her diary was one of them. And the employee gave them to Joe. So, that's how he got her diary. Makes sense. Completely that employee's a rat. Oh, that's so crazy. That is awful. It is awful to think that, man, I wonder how much he paid that employee. Oh, true. He, he probably I mean, paid that employee. Very true. Yeah. Okay, so moving off of Carol, I kind of want to get your thoughts and any information you have on Jeff Lowe because... <sighs> Oh, sleaze bucket. So there was a meme about Jeff Lowe has all this Harley stuff, but does he actually even drive a Harley? <laughs> Very true. And y'all, okay, so we've seen all the stuff in the world about Joe Exotic's hair. Like, I can't even, mm -hmm. that's a whole lot going mm -hmm. on. Ugh. Jeff Lowe, though, his hair. All I can say is like early 1990s. I don't even because remember it's his like, hair. I think it was because of his mugshot that oh. I, I got the view of this. But it's shaved except for the very back. Like, they're oh, just a little... It's yeah. almost like it reminds me of, like, the beginning of a rat tail. Yeah. It's awful. Oh. So, Jeff Lowe, apparently he had worked as Robbie Knievel's manager. Mm-hmm. He's been arrested for assault. Assault on his wife. Mm-hmm. And... He was also arrested for impersonation. He was impersonating someone else. Hmm. He tried to have a cub petting operation at a flea market, but he was shut down by the county. And he comes into the picture. He helps Joe fight off Carol. True. And I think he's supposed to help him financially a little bit. Like, he yeah. comes in and he's going to help with the zoo. Yeah. Joe signs over the zoo and Jeff agrees to pay to help him mm -hmm. with the lawsuit that he has with Carol. And Jeff doesn't like Carol either. No. Pretty much nobody likes Carol. And I'm going to be real honest. Carol seems like super normal the very first, mm -hmm. like, couple of shots that we see of her. And then... My opinion changed. <laughs> yeah. And y'all, oh my gosh, I had to send Crystal a picture one night before, like, we really got into the show. And I was like, who does this woman look like? It is driving me insane. I thought it was somebody local. I'm like, I swear to God, I've seen this woman. <laughs> it's Shelly Long. <laughs> so it is Shelly Long from Cheers, but, like, middle-aged. Like, I swear to God, y'all look her up. So if they do a TV movie... Shelly mm -hmm. Long could definitely 
play Carol Baskin. Well, listen, she could, or the lady that they got to do Hair Kitty Kitty. That was crazy that they found someone who looked so much like her. So crazy. It was crazy. And feeding the meat out of the, like, mannequin head. I don't, there was so many things going on. She threw four or five hands into the swamp in one scene, and I'm thinking, there's only, why would you throw more than two hands? (laughs) I didn't catch that, didn't but that's that, awesome. That's weird. We've got to talk about that really quick before we delve back into Jeff Lowe, the music videos. Mm. Holy bejesus. <laughs> I don't know. It was so dramatic. He was so dramatic. At you first, know. it looks like a professional video. It At does. At first, it looks pretty well done. <laughs> I know this is terrible, and, like, please don't hate me, but, like, Brooks and Dunn, 1990. Yeah, definitely. That's what it looks like. It, mean, it does look like that. That's what it reminds me of. Also, I was shocked to learn. Well, I mean, like, I knew he was lip syncing, but, like, I thought he had either written it or, like, written what had performed it and then was just lip syncing to it for the video purposes. Found out that was not true. No, it appears that a duo in Washington State maybe recorded the music and the, the lyrics, and he just lip syncs over them yeah. in the videos. So he had really nothing creative with the process. <laughs> he just lip syncs. He really had no role in the creative process. No. Yeah, he just. Which can make it video. makes complete sense to me thinking about it like after the fact because I'm like, his voice is way twangier than that. Right, and higher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so Jeff comes in, Joe signs over the zoo, Jeff has this strange employee named Alan Glover. This is the guy who interviewed from his bathtub, filled up the bathtub, got in the bathtub, and talked to the the interviewer on the series. Do you remember that part? I do not. Wow. (laughs) I do not. Yeah, he got in the bathtub at one point and, and did his interview. So Joe discusses the possibility of hiring Alan to kill Carol. Alan is going to be his hitman. The article also mentions how Joe had taken a group of people out to dinner and he had also talked about killing Carol. Carol received a few calls from different people warning her that they were worried her life was in danger. So of course on top of all of that, Joe has been making threats against Carol on his videos for it seems like years. I mean, yeah. he has no... He was shooting blow-up dolls yeah, and all kinds of crazy crap. It got really strange. And so it's not like he ever made any kind of effort to conceal how he felt about Carol. Mm-hmm. So there's so, to me, looking back, he has so much evidence against him because Mm -hmm. that's ultimately what he goes to jail for. Very true. And we talked about this before we started recording this. Right. But that wasn't the only thing. And I think that, I don't know that that was well publicized. So do y'all want to tell them a little bit more about why Joe was imprisoned as well? Yes. So not only did they, they get him on this attempted murder for hire charge, but he also did actually kill five tigers with a shotgun. Employees from the zoo stated that they thought the tigers were healthy. Joe had made up excuses like they had illnesses, they had problems, so he had to euthanize them. But they did find the dead tigers on the zoo property after they seized the property. And he was charged, and 
I honestly think he possibly killed them because he just could not keep up with the expense, which is not, I am not no, saying. You're not advocating that. Right. It's just. But from, from his standpoint, it seems like he was at the end of his rope at that point, and he yeah. just decided to take matters into his own hands and really just a horrible, horrible thing that, I mean, he ultimately paid the price for. Yeah. So, because he's in jail right now. He also, he also, it seems like they recorded him several times just to, I don't know, what is your opinion on this? Do you feel like he was set up by <laughs> Jeff Lowe? <laughs> And it's a silly question because obviously. No. Okay, so the funniest, I, I had to actually rewatch this for you guys because I thought I did not pay enough attention to like the details the first go round. I just was caught up with the crazy. So the second go round, I listened to Jeff Lowe's explanation on how it was not a setup, but everything he described was in fact a setup. A setup. <laughs> Did I record him? Yes. <laughs> Did I tell him to mention the money? Yes. yes. <laughs> well, if that's setting him up, it's setting him up. Yes. <laughs> so there was also uh, James Garretson. He's at the end of the series. You see him riding in the jet ski or on the jet ski. And there's Most a lot of memes about that. Really quick. <laughs> I bet you he asked them to play Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> oh, you think so? <laughs> I would almost... That it's money. fitting. That was the most bizarre, one of the most bizarre, there's right. a lot yeah, of bizarre so scenes, bizarre but movies. he was, it was just again so dramatic mm -hmm. on his jet ski to Eye of the Tiger mm -hmm. in full clothes. Yeah, <laughs> strange. <laughs> he was in trouble with the feds. He records conversations for the FBI and, you know, of course we know Alan never went to Florida. He went to like a strip club. A strip club got really messed up and never went to Florida. And so then they also added in another undercover guy to pose as a hitman to kind of frame Joe to show that, yeah, he was intent on killing Carol Baskin. Do you think, I mean, do you think there's real intention? Do you think he was ever really going to try to pull it off? Or do you think he was just kind of in his own reality thinking he wouldn't get caught? I don't know. That's a tough question yeah. because I really feel like there was a huge vendetta there. He hated her and she hated him. Right. But he had been talking that for years. Yeah. So I don't know that I can pinpoint that as like, oh, he was definitely trying to do that. And she mentioned going to the authorities and talking to them and they were saying stuff to her like, well, it's freedom of speech and we can't really do anything until something happens to you. Pretty much. Which is terrible. It's terrible. But again, I mean, he, like he's been talking this for years. Yeah. I don't know how they can necessarily pinpoint it now other than the fact that money exchanged hands and also who in the hell pays only like two grand to off somebody? Three grand. Oh, I'm sorry. $3,000. It's two grand for a baby tiger, which people if that's all you get out of the documentary, you need to go somewhere because that's not what this is about. And honestly, I think something that we haven't brought up yet, the party that suffers the most is the animals. The animals. Oh, I'm going to get on that. Yeah. I'm going to get on that. And so I think that's the saddest thing is that you're watching this train wreck of a show, but you know, the worst part is there are animals suffering and I think you feel terrible because these things are happening and the laws are so lax. They are. I'm going to tell you the two things that I can think of right off the top of my head that just broke my heart were when the blonde guy, the 
I want to say zookeeper, but was it Eric, Eric Coey. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was him and he was riding like the gator going around doing maintenance mm -hmm. on the thing. And he just drops his head because like he's talking about how the shipments have been bad with mm -hmm. meat lately. And he's going to have to like overfeed on chicken because there's not enough meat for mm -hmm. the animals. Y'all, it broke my heart. Yeah. That and I'm going to skip ahead for a minute, so bear with me. But I think it's the last episode, and they're talking to Joe about taking his chimpanzees to another location. Like, I can't remember. It's like some reserve or something. I think it's in Florida. I think so, too. Yeah. But when he dropped them off, and like a couple days in, they end up letting them in the same area. Enclosure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they go up and hug each other. And he says, you know, did I deprive them of that for 10 years? And he's like, yes. Y'all, that mm -hmm. broke my heart. It does. It, it does break your heart. And maybe he's... Maybe that was like a glimmer of like him seeing the effects of what he had done, you know? Right. Let's take a break. <laughs> guys we're back let's talk about some of the little crazy things mm -hmm. because that's you know that's what i hone in on mm -hmm. all the time so john finley odd character i heard that after the after it premiered he was upset that he was portrayed as a toothless hillbilly <gasps> did and he say that he said that. he said that okay and he was he was a little upset about that mm -hmm. i have thoughts <laughs> But, I mean, at the time he was interviewed, he didn't have his new teeth. He looks like a completely different person with his new teeth. If you haven't seen pictures, you Please should definitely Google. Google. Because he looks, I mean, he looks amazing. He looks like he's, you know. He looks normal. Yeah. And the other thing that kind of gave him this kind of light as a toothless hillbilly, he was shirtless every interview. <laughs> Son Finley, please get a better cover up. Like, add some wings to that bowl or something. <laughs> you got to cover up the whole the thing. The whole thing. Cover yeah. up the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so, Travis, you guys, I think it hit me worse the second time I watched this. Travis and the suicide broke my heart. First of all, you really start to see the control that Joe has on him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I don't know if you honed in on it like I did, but the second time around, I really listened. And some of the people at the zoo had talked about how he was not really able to leave the gates. Like, mm -hmm. and he, you know, had to stay there all the time and he couldn't go out with them. Right. There was mention too about how Joe treated his employees, like all of his employees. Yeah. And apparently sometimes they would close the gates and nobody could go out. Really? So it sounds like extreme. And then some of the conditions, I mean, you saw it on the, yeah. On the series, just, the conditions of the living areas were just not good. The controlling nature you saw. And when he walks out and he's like, Joe doesn't care about me. Like, he doesn't care about all my problems. And then he hits the truck or whatnot. Oh, yeah. That was terrible. You start to see the decline there. But the suicide, that was hard to watch. Because mm -hmm. even though you're not seeing it, you're seeing the reaction of the employee who witnessed it. Right. 
and I felt so bad for that that boy. Yeah. And um, for him to have to sit there and like watch that, and you see him in utter shock. Like it's it's almost like I have no idea what I just what, witnessed. Right. What like I he didn't even know if he was joking or not. At yeah. first, he thought it might have been a prank because apparently Travis used to joke around and like he would pull guns on people and you know some of the very first safety rules you learn with guns is you don't point them at anybody but like I think he was just so comfortable and that was his element and he just he did that jokingly all the time it's Oklahoma they're they're hardcore yeah you know believers in the second amendment Joe talks about it he carries a holster you know he has a holster on his hip and everything I don't think I just I don't think like safety was first thought in his mind but apparently you guys and i learned this um and listening actually to an to another podcast yesterday shout out to crime junkies i was listening to that yesterday and they talked about having read some discussion on whether or not it was an actual suicide or it was a bad accident because apparently that morning he had come up and it may have even been to the campaign manager mm-hmm. who witnessed it but he had pulled a gun i think it i think it was him but he had pulled a gun on him and was just joking around and the guy told him he said how many times have i told you don't you don't, don't point, point gun the, yeah. you don't point guns at people and he said oh don't worry it doesn't have a clip in mhm and then he goes over and pulls it to his head and says, see? And he pulled the trigger thinking the clip wasn't in. So it wouldn't go off. Wouldn't go off. But it actually had a bullet in the chamber. I don't understand guns a whole lot. So I had yeah. my sister explain that. Mm-hmm. And so the clip, you know, is the the piece that goes in. And I just wasn't understanding. I'm like, well, if it didn't have a clip, how did it? And she right. said, you wouldn't necessarily know. There's another thing that you need to do to check and see if there is a bullet in the chamber. I just stupidly hadn't realized that and so that made so much more sense to me so I'm almost along the lines of you know if there wasn't a suicide note and stuff like that I would almost believe that it was a true accident right but how horrific and my heart broke like I said watching Mm -hmm. the campaign manager witness that Mm -hmm. I mean that's something that's going to stay with him forever right it is and so that's it's like a super tragic moment and again I feel like there's no you cannot make this stuff up and I think that's even something that Rick the the producer who was trying to get the reality show off the ground had mentioned several times like you just cannot make this stuff up it's it's crazy going along with that right let's talk the funeral yes so i real quick shout out to joe because like he has all of these outfits yes <laughs> like he has the ems jacket when he's going to help staff i will never financially recover from this yeah can like, we talk about okay so tangent <laughs> on the tangent he goes into the gift shop. Everybody's standing around. I love the people's faces. <laughs> it's like, I just wanted a keychain. Like, I just wanted a keychain. Or maybe some, like, edible underwear. Do you guys want a rain check? Or... <laughs> I will never financially recover from this. Poor Saf. I mean, and Saf, you know, honestly, Saf seemed to really care about the animals. Mm-hmm. He was there for the right reasons. Absolutely. And, and just, that was honestly one of my favorite characters on this right. whole show. Right. I loved Saf. Yes. So going back, okay, so Joe, 
apparently has an EMT jacket laying around that he uses from time to time. But and then at the funeral, he also has a priest collar. He was wearing his priest collar, and at he the funeral. also makes another reappearance of this in Here, Kitty, Kitty. Right, he's dressed as a, a priest. Priest, I don't I understand. But he's also wearing jeans, so I'm not really sure. But he has the priest collar. But you guys, the funeral. I just, I don't know that I have the correct words for this. I don't know who feels. <laughs> The necessity in front of God and everyone and his and Travis's family to talk about him rubbing dim balls in my face. <laughs> I mean, even who does that? Who does that? <laughs> I think everyone that boy thought they were golden nuggets. Oh man! So when you there's it's like you just can't you cannot. <laughs> Everybody covered their face or cringed or just looked around in it was so cringeworthy. What, what in the world? How does that even wow? I saw a meme and it was like you're he was on the highway and it said I can't remember what the one sign was, but it was basically if you were going straight, just straight on the highway, it said above that, like normal eulogy or something. Right. And then it had like an exit and it said, <laughs> Oh, I see. I saw this one. I and saw it said, this one. Dim balls in my Dim face. Dim balls in my face. He <laughs> was a loving person. Dim balls in my face. <laughs> yeah. And you see the car like all of a sudden turn. Yeah. Like, oh. Uh, that's about Joe's thought process because mm-hmm. I don't know who else would ever who think would, that that's appropriate to talk that? about at a funeral. I don't know. I do not know. So while we're on the subject of memes, there is a meme going around about, and we're switching topics here, about Jeff actually being Carol's first husband. Dude, I saw it and I'm like, put on my tin foil hat <laughs> because holy. They show the pictures side by side. I'm like, that's Jeff Lowe. Could it be? Is he the age that that's the one thing I didn't that catch I question? How old he was. Yeah, that's the one thing I questioned. But bless his heart, if it is, he's sure trying to be younger. <laughs> oh, he oh, oh. oh man, he just ugh. I'm gonna tell y'all, he is a creeper. Like his comments, like ugh. oh, the nanny, the, the nanny. Ch- like first of all, I'm that's gonna punch terrible. you in the face. Yeah, that's terrible. You tell me to get in the gym I right think, after I have a baby. I'm gonna punch you. I think there was like a collective disgust from all of the women watching that. Absolutely, <laughs> at that point in time. Yes, big, big, just big gross. feminist just moment. Gross. And the the cat comment. I'm not even going to go there. Oh. But like, yeah, just gross. Okay. Just gross. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to another creeper. Do you want to discuss Doc Annell? Let's talk about Doc Annell. Do you think he's running a sex cult? Yes. I think <laughs> he has learned, or I don't even want to say he has learned. He has been able to manipulate a large population of young women. Absolutely. Into doing all sorts of things. And it just, ugh. <laughs> And how. How. Like, let's talk about how. Because I see him, and aside from creepy, like, I immediately think he's got Kool-Aid stashed somewhere. Oh. Like, that's 
I mean, because I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how he's getting these women. I mean, he's they just a master manipulator. That's got to be what it is, because there ain't nothing appealing about that face. He has. They asked him. I think they asked one of in the series. They asked one of the women what his doctorate was in, and she said mythical science or metaphysical. I don't know. It was some. It was kind something of random. Mythic science, mystical science. Mystical. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. She said mystical science. Okay. So Doc Antle, while creepy. He has actually he actually has a lot of ties to the entertainment industry. He did provide the big cats for Britney Spears 2001 VMA performance. Mm-hmm. From the In Style article by Isabel Jones, this was posted on April 2nd, uh, so just recently, it said that Doc Antle was the principal animal trainer on both Ace Ventura movies. His animals were also used in the 1998 Dr. Doolittle movie. And this is among others. Like, he's had other features in different movies. He's been in, or he hasn't been, but his animals, or he's been involved in several popular music videos. And he even had a weird interview on Good Morning America in 2011 discussing... I guess he was talking with Robin Roberts about this teenager who apparently had a pet tiger that she slept with every night that was in her bed. And I guess he was defending her right to, to do that, to do that, to have this pet, even though it was an adolescent tiger and very dangerous. Yeah. I think they said actually in the documentary when they get to one, it might be six months. I think it's, I thought it was six to 12 weeks. That's no, but they no. I'm referencing when they said that they could bite your finger off. Oh, right. But right. I can't remember if, it was like six months or a year so if they are in the adolescent stage i would think i don't want to be sleeping next to that right exactly any more on him well the one thing that i had the second time i watched it i caught the numbers to get into his place and that was Mm. 339 dollars to 625 it's like for a ticket to be there that day that's crazy i just i was like blown away right okay so in other questions who started the fire Oh, man. So I had previously thought something else. Okay. And now almost, I would say 99.9-ish percent (laughs) would say Joe. Oh, you think he started it? I think he did. Or he got someone to. Yeah. He's behind it. That's what, like, that's what I would say. And only because of the footage that they caught on the, like, on the way and during his attorney visit. Oh, yeah. That was damning for me. Yeah. Because I feel like the attorney was like, uh, he owns all the rights to that stuff. And so that was Joe's way of getting out of that. I also feel like the producer, I really feel like he had too much to lose because that was supposed to be his retirement. Right. So why would you blow that up in smoke? Like, and he also, there was a second fire that he was involved in where I he saw it, that. like almost killed him. Like yeah. he was in, it was his apartment. I think, I think it killed his dog. It killed his dog. Yeah. Very sad. It is sad. So do you think Joe was behind that one too? I don't know. Okay. I don't know about that one, but I really do feel like Joe was behind this. And also, you know, we talk about his decline over the years in regards to the animals Mm -hmm. and like his closeness with the animals. And I think this also shows like he got to a point where he really didn't care as much because there were actual alligators or crocodiles or something, reptiles of some sort, were in that building. Right. And when it caught on fire. Yeah, there is like a clip of him filming his outrage and he's doing it over and over again. I mean it's a stage thing. Yeah. So So I really I really feel like he was probably behind that. I think so too. I 
I do feel like he probably was behind it. Do you think that the cast got even crazier when they were filming? I feel like that had to be. I hope that would be the case. <laughs> I would hope. I uh, mean, I feel like that goes hand in hand with that with reality right. series, anyways. But the one, some of the things that like really caught my eye were when. Joe went into the gift shop and he was firing people and it was just so over the top and I'm like really really I feel like that was a scene where it was like yeah hands down like Mm -hmm. he they just got crazy Mm -hmm. they did okay guys one of my favorite characters actually in this other than Saf I loved I loved him but one of the other ones was Mario Tabro we're not really entirely sure about his last name I don't even, I honestly don't recall it from the series. The series. If you have the right pronunciation, let us know. Yes. But he was the one from Miami. He was the one from Miami. And he did seem like one of the more normal people, if that could be such a thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Apparently, he was the source or the inspiration behind the famous character Tony Montana in Scarface and he actually was sentenced to a hundred years in prison and I got this from an article from Screen Rant by QV Ho How Huff We're just butchering last names all around today. Anyway, so he was sentenced to 100 years in prison, but he only served 12 years because he won an appeal on his case. So he founded the Zoological Wildlife Foundation in Miami. And looking at his social media, and I say his social media, it's the the ZWF Miami. It has a million followers on Instagram. It has over 10,000 on Twitter and over 300,000 on Facebook. He has a huge following yeah, on social media. And that is also, I think, a super expensive... Oh, see, and I didn't realize that it was a, a true attraction because Not of the way that it... I think he invites people to the foundation. I think they have to pay Oh, okay, so it's more like a venue. Like, d- maybe. Kind of. Kind of. That's kind that realm. of what you got from the series, but it sounds like people can go there. I just don't know if it has to be a special invitation from him yeah. or what. And if you have more information on this, please let us know. But yeah, he has a huge following on social media, or his, his foundation does. Yeah. I, the one thing I liked about him is he was very honest and open about his past. Like, he wasn't trying to hide it. Yeah, scratch that when I said he was one of the more normal. Because he, he mentioned Yeah, there some was some terrible things. stuff. Yeah, Don't terrible, get me wrong. Yeah. But, he like, just, he was... I think, I think I liked him because he was the most... He was one of the most real. He was laid back. Mm-hmm. And he did not put on... Airs. Airs or a show. He just kind of... He's like, yeah, I have my animals and that's it. Yeah. But he also hated Carol Baskin. <laughs> She was not a fan favorite. No, no. One thing, okay, speaking of my favorites, let's jump back to Saf really quick. I need to know why, and you may know in an article you've read or anything like that, or somebody listening might know, I need answers. Why did they film him in an interview in front of a big old pile of trash? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't understand. I don't either. I need answers. If anybody knows, please let me know. Because, like, why did they film Alan Glover in the bathtub? Why are they filming? 
I really don't remember that scene. I don't remember that. So I need your thoughts, friend. Okay. I also need a promise from you. Okay. If anything ever happens to me, please make sure that they don't make a big old trash pile memorial. Oh, man. That was Travis. Like, yes. Okay. So I can fully get behind the whole four-wheeler monument thing. Right. Like, we have people in our area who do little memorials. Like, I get it. That's his hobby. But thank God that somebody, like, talked him out reined of yeah. him in yeah. his first thoughts because what, what they wound up doing, to me, was a little bit like, that looks like a trash pile. <laughs> it looks like something yeah. you see in somebody's yard. Yeah, it was... I mean, and it technically is. It's in his yard, but it just, I'm glad they reined it in because he right. was going to do tears. Right. And could you, okay, so this is a question that I've been thinking about. Why would anybody go there? <laughs> I, I just, can you imagine? Okay, so I could imagine you read about this place or you read about it on TripAdvisor and you think, oh, this sounds like a cool place. And you go there and a few minutes in, you realize we need to get out of here. We are not safe here. And the crowds of people and the people that come back. And you think, why? What are you doing? Dude, I don't know. Why would you pay? Why would you pay? And I guess it is like they talk about the pull of the exotic animals. And I'm just thinking, listen, I like tigers too. I think they're pretty. They're beautiful. I am not. No. No. So I I found myself there, I'd find my way out. Yeah. And like, okay, so back to Doc Animal and his prices. Yeah. First of all, can we say inflation? Right. But but he he only gets that because he's like he's got ties in the entertainment. Right. Exactly. He can he can boast about that. That's it. Because the people that attended there look like the same people that attended Old Joe's, and I'm like, y'all, you got four people in that family that's like at the minimum thirteen hundred dollars yeah <laughs> i don't under i don't they, they I don't, don't look like they got thirteen hundred no, they don't spend. i no. mean like and I, that's I'm not why look like that. <laughs> that's I'm, why. Not, I'm not throwing stones at that that is not my intention no but i would not spend that kind of money especially again with with having knowledge of how things are especially now i was talking to a friend about doc annals ties to the entertainment industry and how his animals were used and that sort of thing. And she was saying, well, how nice, not how nice it is, but how far we've come from even like late nineties to now with the treatment of animals and how they do protect them more now compared to even just a a couple decades ago. Yeah. I want to say, wasn't there a big stink? The last one that I think of is, wasn't there something with water for elephants? There I was think a so. huge thing, there and was it wasn't thing. it wasn't on set or anything, but I think it was on how they trained them to be in to the be. entertainment industry. Right. I can't remember. It's been a long time, but I mean that wasn't even that long ago. No, and uh, so even there was a thing with I think it was the German Shepherd on a dog's. I can't remember which one came first, a dog's journey or a dog's purpose. But how they trained the German Shepherd to jump I into the water. That. Remember yeah. that? And there was a huge stink about that too. So, yeah, I think we've come a long way, which is good. I mean... I mean, yeah, if I can say anything about the Doc Annal, like, aside from my views about him and all that he's got going on... Right. I feel like if he does have ties in the entertainment industry and he's doing better with that, like, if he's... I don't even know if he does anything anymore as far yeah, as that goes. I, I know that's that why he's charging the prices that he's charging. Maybe. I will say this, though, in regards to that... 
the one thing that I was kind of like horrified about was listening to them talk about the possibility after the cub got to a certain age that he cremated it. Oh, like, yes. That was terrible. It. Like, I hope to God that's not true. Well, and it's because they talk about it being a vicious cycle. They can make money off the cub. But then the cub grows up and they have to care for it for years and you're caught in this cycle of breeding more cubs but then turning around and having to take care of it for a long period of time. Yeah. Again, don't buy exotic animals. Don't get exotic animals. Don't breed exotic animals. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, it's just gone on for so long. Yeah, but that, that part, I was like, oh, that's disgusting. Just, yeah. Yeah, terrible my stomach. Mm -hmm. Moral of the story, guys. Don't have a vendetta with big cat people. No. <laughs> don't support people who do buy exotic animals. Look into conservation efforts. And there are, I mean, I feel like, didn't you say they raided Doc Annals? I think uh, they did in December of in 2019. December of 2019. So there, it seems like they are, especially with this series, probably has garnered so much more attention Absol yeah, to absolutely. Uh, the problem. On another note, so the, our podcast is going to air probably after the this is released. Is released. So Netflix is going to air The Tiger King and I, a Tiger King after show hosted by Joel McHale. And they're featuring brand new interviews with John, and I'm, I feel like I'm going to mispronounce the names, John Rinke and Joshua Dial, John Finley, mm -hmm. Saf, Eric Coey, Rick Kirkman, and Jeff and Lauren Lowe. So this is going to premiere April 12th. So it will be out by the time our podcast airs. So if you hadn't heard about this, mm -hmm. do check it out after yeah. you hear our podcast. All right, guys. It was fun. <laughs> it was crazy. It was a little different than normal, different but we were going to try to bring you a little bit of sunshine, a little something different, something bonus right. while we're still in quarantine. quarantine. <laughs> All right, guys. Stay safe.